Welcome to episode 123 of the Roger Snipes Show. The Roger Snipes Show. Most people think that when you get older, you're supposed to deteriorate and become weaker. It is true that most people's physical prime peaks at around 30 years old. Then we see a low decline in hormones, muscle growth, recovery, and energy levels. Why does our prime end? As we age, damage and stress increase within our bodies. One night of bad sleep in your 20s is very different than when you're in your 30s, 40s, or older. The average man will lose 1% of his muscle mass every year beyond 30, even if they maintain the same diet and exercise routine. Most people say that this is normal and part of aging, but what if you could change that and stay youthful for longer? What if we could take advantage of our experience in life, then combine it with elevated levels of health? We can with Prime. Prime is your ultimate guardian for muscle, strength, recovery, and hormone health. Prime is packed with clinically validated premium ingredients that help build muscle, maintain healthy hormone levels, and keep you in your prime longer. There's no shortcuts here. Prime is a collection of the utmost premium supplemental solutions to keep you at your best or prime for as long as possible. It contains creatine and GAA. Research shows that creatine has important anti-aging effects in vital tissues throughout the body. It enhances mitochondrial functions which helps reduce aging. It also has GAA, which is a precursor to creatine that converts to creatine into our cells. A patented combination leads to higher levels in the muscles and brain compared to monohydrate alone. Tesna, a new natural testosterone booster clinically validated to improve total testosterone levels in young and old males alike. HMB, a gold standard dose of hydroxymethylbutyrate, perhaps the only supplemental ingredient more powerful than creatine for men over 30 by increasing anabolism, which is muscle growth, and inhibiting catabolism, muscle breakdown, leading to better body composition and improved performance benefits. It also has betaine anhydrous, zinc citrate, and boron citrate, which all contributes to improved vitamin intake, healthy testosterone production, anabolic hormones, IGF-1, muscular performance, boost in strength, reduced fatigue, and cardiovascular improvement. Check out drinkhrw.com and use coupon code SNIPES10 for 10% off. Yo, what's going on? What's going on? So, as you guys know, I talk quite heavily on my social media about supplements. Um, I take supplements every day. I take a lot, a lot of supplements. I don't talk about all of them all the time, but I kind of you could say drip feed them at different times. Um on social media. I have many in the morning um, before I start my day, and then I'll have some more in the afternoon and some in the evening. Uh, some of them have to be taken with meals. Otherwise, I'll just take them all in one go. Um, but yeah, I'm very specific with what supplements I do take. 
So if a company reaches out to me and says, hey, let's collaborate, I will ask them for their website link or if they DM me on Instagram, I'll go and check out their website uh, to see what they're all about. If they talk about studies, if they've got some kind of papers that you can download and some of the ingredients, then that's like, that shows me that they've taken it a step further in their approach to dosage and making sure that their supplements are clean. I have been using molecular hydrogen water as one of the supplements um, in my stack for about four years now. And I've been using this for a company called Drink HRW, which stands for Hydrogen Rich Water. And the person I'm talking to today goes by the name of Alex Tarnava. He is the CEO of Drink HRW, a company which holds the flagship of molecular hydrogen water tablets and also focuses heavily on efficacy in supplements altogether. Alex spends a great deal of his time going through peer-reviewed scientific journals, uh, lab results, clinical testing, and data to find ways to improve the human biology through performance-focused supplementation. We have an array of supplements which either don't have the correct dosage, research, or even bioavailability, and <laughs> still are being sold to us worldwide. In 2022, sports nutrition sales hit $42.9 billion globally. So it's a, uh, a very lucrative business. Not all companies are in it for the health and longevity of its customers. Alex, on the other hand, shows how he is different. And we take a deep dive in some of the lengths and ingredients he has in his formulations. Let's bring on Alex Tanava. Hey, Alex, how you doing, my friend? Very well, thanks. How are you? I'm tremendous, man. Really good. Now that summertime is finally here, it's it's nice and warm. I can wear shorts every single day. <laughs> well, I, I do that in the wintertime anyway, so. <laughs> Showing off your legs, yeah? <laughs> it's like being cold, but. Right. Ah, uh, you know what? I, I do actually like being cold as well. I, I actually prefer the cold over when it's too hot. I prefer to be too cold than too hot. It's um. So you're from Canada, isn't it? Yeah, but uh, where I'm from, it, it usually doesn't get cold or hot. But the last like few years, we've been getting hot and cold. Like it's wild. Like um, historically, like you know, I'm, I'm from Vancouver, and it'd never get really colder than five celsius you know in in the winter which is probably around 40 fahrenheit for americans and never really gets warmer than high 20s or 30 celsius which is i think around like 85 or 90 fahrenheit for americans 
but the last few years we've been getting like deep holes like you know minus 20 celsius right and the city is not equipped the the homes are not equipped so everyone's pipes are bursting so everyone has to like leave their tap running you know during these deep colds so that the pipes don't burst because there's the emergency response everywhere but same thing in the the summer i don't know if you've seen it in the news there it's been all over north america but we've been getting these heat domes right so a couple of years ago in the heat dome it was like 45 celsius which i think is like over 120 fahrenheit for a week straight and like over 600 people suddenly like dropped dead from sudden heart attacks strokes everything more than expected just in the vancouver area which was i think more than half of died in total from covid in the entire pandemic and it happened in like a week you know time span and we've been getting these heat domes like to varying effects but at least around 40 like every year for the last several years so something wild is going on but no i, I don't like the super cold and i don't like the super hot but i'll take colds over hot like that any day yeah 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 i get that yeah definitely but yeah did, did you find that there was a pattern with the certain people that were dropping dead were they of a certain age or was it oh like yeah 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 I, I mean it was again like same type of people who were dying of COVID. It was the elderly people, you know, with underlying conditions, everything like that. Like their body just couldn't take the added stress of all of a sudden being trapped in, you know, 45 degree heat for a week straight. Um, especially because uh, Vancouver historically never got that hot. So most people don't have air conditioning. And in a lot of cities, um, it's law that rental buildings have to have AC. Well, that's not true in Vancouver because it's never been hot enough to to need that. Right. Makes sense. I get it. Wow. Um, that's interesting. I mean, there's, there's never been a, a law here, I guess, because um, it's not that sort of uh, temperature here. It, we only get, it only gets hot during the summertime, no other time. <laughs> we yeah. get rain even during the summer you know yeah um so yeah i think last time we actually met in person was um in december uh in in vegas um which was cool which was for the uh olympia um how did you find it how do you find the whole experience of the expo Uh, it was good it's a cool show i enjoy it it's funny thinking that's like you know eight months ago now because that just feels like a month or two ago like time just flies but that's so true it, it did feel like yeah at least maybe a couple of months ago it didn't feel that long ago yeah i mean time's a weird one but no, I, I like uh i like olympia um like going um, we're not going again this year because it, it's in uh, orlando florida and uh, i've got a show for my like licensing business where I license the hydrogen technology and mm-hmm. it's like four days before Olympia and it was just just wild like to get from like Vegas to Orlando and just like a couple day gap and uh, I used the same booth for both companies so just logistically it was impossible but I, I was like going to Olympia right right well I mean as long as there's some you've got something going on 
So where is this taking place? You, you're going to be in Vegas again, or I'll be in I'll, I'll be in Vegas. Yeah, uh, for, it, it's a supply show, you know. So for like all the companies that license, you know, my Nike, you know, for the hydrogen tablets. Yes, uh, that that's the show to go to. So it's not like a, uh, a show where like consumers and like supplement stores and distributors go to. It's where the brands actually go to get services and technologies and everything to add to their portfolio mm. right right and how long does that um go on for this this show is it a show um, is it like a trade show yeah, it, yeah it's, a, it's a it's a trade show it's similar though because there's lots of talks and everything and set up so like the trade hall is open for a couple days but you know you have to book off the whole week and it's like you know same thing like people make the most of the the time where, where you know tens of thousands of people mostly execs you know and decision makers in the industry are all in the same city so it's like even though the hall is only open for two days you have meetings booked oh, like yeah. all week long so uh, ho hopefully it all works out um you know good and um expands your business no doubt it will yeah you know yeah yeah no always does i mean uh you, you probably see hydrogen growing on the market it's been growing at a pretty steady pace so that's always exciting that's really good you know it's it's something that i want to see a lot more of because when i speak of it there's so many people that are like what's the benefits you know i just don't look like from my end i don't see enough people talk about hydrogen water enough you know um yeah I, I think that's going to change especially with you know like all the new clinical research we have coming out i I mean, and I, I know this talk isn't, you know, for hydrogen. We want to talk about all the other, other stuff that uh, we're up to with, like the true longevity line. But I mean, mm. just in the last year, we've put out three new clinical trials, and it's like more just burning out all the time, showing benefits across such a wide range of issues that, you know, it's really the research is starting to show how important it is to supplement with hydrogen for the vast majority of people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, with the amount of clinical research which has been found or which has been done and the amount of, um, um, yeah, just, just the amount of studies which has been done on there, I think it would be great if it was a bit more commercialized. I mean, we have so much supplements which is being sold, which I feel doesn't really have enough research behind it, but it's a lot more popular, you know? yeah. This is one of the, the problems in the industry, which, you know, we, we get into and we had like long talks when we're at Olympia. Um, and, and it's one of the reasons that, that uh, I, I started like, you know, the true longevity, you know, and true performance lines is uh, I wanted products that I want to take, you know, and, and uh, working in the industry, I, I know so many companies, the way they order things are, they look at something and says, what does it cost and what are my margins? Mm. You know, and that is the, their number one goal. And they go, what is my cost? What are my margins? And what's market awareness? So do people already know about it? And do I make a lot of money? Yeah. And if that's all okay, then they'll launch it, regardless of what the evidence says on that product. Mm. or not because they want to make things easy for their marketing team and be able to to make the good you know return on an spend you know with, with good margins and uh 
you know, so when I started working with, with this team that does, you know, the drink HRW and the true longevity and the true performance, it, it's in my agreement, you know, with the marketing team that runs it, uh, they can't launch any product unless I sign off on it, you know, and then we went a step further and we, we formed a scientific advisory board and uh, the agreement is uh, we need at least multiple members of the SAD involved in any new product launch. Anyone well, who has relevance, knowledge and experience to be looking into to the product in question. And we can't launch the product unless myself and SAD members involved all unanimously agree on the formulation. Yeah. Right, on what we're going to do. And I, I thought that was really important because we, we need to, the number one goal for supplementation is that it's supposed to work, <laughs> right? So the, the first thing should be safe and effective. And if it's safe and effective, then you have to figure out how you make the margins work. And I think the entire industry has it backwards, that they figure out the margins first and then if it's safe and effective, great bonus. But that, that's not a deal breaker. Yeah, 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 yeah. The deal breaker should be, is it safe and effective? Yeah, it's it's definitely profit margins. And uh, if if it's not safe and effective, it's like, okay, how do we how do we cover that up? You yeah. know? How, how do we get amazing packaging and write wicked ads to make people <laughs> want to buy it, even though there's no evidence that it, it works at all right that, that's what they do and it's like okay our, our profit margins is, is triple what something that's safe and effective is that means we have triple the amount to spend on marketing you know and unfortunately mm. you know most consumers fall for the best marketing they don't do the research to find out what is truly effective and going to work for them and is a good value yeah and uh, yeah I mean that that's uh, not just a symptom of, of this industry. That's so many industries. I mean, you know, you you see those videos that go viral, you know, on social media about everything that like a refrigerator had to offer in the 1950s. They say, why don't our why aren't our new refrigerators awesome like that one in the 1950s? And that one from the 1950s also lasted 50 years before yeah. it broke down, and our new ones last a few years before they break down mm. and are more expensive. Right? Because everything has come down, you know, um, we, we call it corporate America, but really the, the corporate world, you know, in the Western world has realized that uh, it's more important to create branding that people recognize and marketing than to create good products that have value, right? And name recognition is always going to beat out, you know, in, in terms of consumer sales, it's always going to beat out quality, which is it's just so unfortunate. I mean, that's it for is for everything, really, isn't it? It's like yeah, yeah. like food as well. You know, yeah. they get um, you know they'll have some recognized um, talent behind it, and these days we'd would use uh, an 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 influencer um, that has so many followers just to um you know talk about the product and just drive up sales you know it's got nothing to do with science sometimes i'll just i'm looking at these posts and i'm like this is garbage and when people um hit me up and they say things like um 
how much for um how much for a post or how much for uh, i don't know a, a story share i was like i don't even know anything about your product like what you know what i mean like surely you want to talk about okay let me let me discuss our product with you to see whether you'd be interested in working if you're a good fit exactly right and it's, it goes the same thing the other way right like we we get barraged with you know influencers that just send over a price sheet you know like mass send this is what i charge to post and like we just respond we're like sorry we don't you know pay for for posts you know for someone who's never used our product before you know like sure everyone's you know got to make money we got to figure out how to do things but the the number one non-negotiable right item it is anyone we work with has to be using our products and believe in them and enjoy them. And then we can discuss how we can collaborate. Yeah. Right. But just these influencers that spam out, this is what I pay or this is what I charge, you know, for posts. And it's like, okay, you just sent this out to the max, like say a hundred companies every day until like Instagram stops you from sending up the same, you know, <laughs> mass message over and over again. It's like, like, well that's the life we live in so um let's let's talk about your you got the the new um section or uh line of true longevity and true performance which was what i witnessed at the stand in vegas when we were at the olympia uh well done for that by the way you know expanding your range because your existing range at the time or before then was was incredible so to see yes. that you had been working on some more stuff, um, it was really incredible to see. So your longevity line, how did you come a, about this whole idea of doing longevity? Uh, well, it really started with, you know, one hydrogen, obviously, and, and uh, two ageless defense was the second product we launched a long time ago. And uh, um, kind of when I... I uh, and for those unaware, um, when I started the hydrogen tablets, I didn't know that I'd have uh, the ability to to license my IP elsewhere. So I was trying to start a brand. Right? So the Drink HRW brand got started. Um, but then before the Drink HRW was ever launched, you know, as it was starting to launch, I started getting emails and messages from supplement brands that were already in the hydrogen space asking you know, to white label the product and, and private label it. So I, I shifted gears and that has been my main business, right? You know, like licensing the, the tech to, you know, 50 or plus brands all across the world, um, which is great. Gets gets my technology out there. It gets hydrogen out there, everything like that. Um, but then I, I kind of kept the Drink HRW brand like pledging along because no other brand had bothered to... to get a license to sell it within Canada, which is where I live. So all my friends and family and, you know, people locally and like some stores and gyms and stuff that I'd personally approached needed to keep buying the product and getting the product. So I kept the drink future we ran just kind of limping along. And uh, until I met this, you know, marketing company that was already involved in hydrogen and they said, Listen, you're writing so many con so much content for all these brands that you're private labeling to, and 
I am a little bit disorganized with what I write and I was writing it specifically for each company. So I was spending like tons of time writing everything to answer questions about hydrogen to all these brands that, that are licensing. And they're like, why don't you like just have a blog, you know, and we can help you out with the, the drink HRLW brand and you can write a lot of this and uh, you know, we'll, we'll be partners on it and anything you do and create um, you own like the, the copyright on we don't. So all of your private labels can just use it. And that way you're not doing the same thing over and over again. And, you know, spinning your wheels, doing it 50 times for 50 different brands. So I started doing that. Um, and uh, the Drink HRW brand started getting more traffic because, you know, we wrote hundreds of thousands of words of content and a lot of people started following the newsletter and and, and going to that brand. Um, and then uh, I was just talking with that team and they're like, how do we expand beyond hydrogen? And I said, well, the only way I do it is if it's products, like, cause now my name's attached to this brand, right? And the only way I would do it is if they're products that I actually want to take, right? Um, and take myself or try and take myself through mix and matching things that are already on the market. And uh, we just went down that avenue. And um, I'd always been interested in, in longevity, but uh, 10 years ago, I didn't care that much when I was in the best health and shape of my life. I started caring more after, you know, I, I, I got sick and then got hit with arthritis and, you know, train like I used to train and, you know, started feeling some of the effects of, oh shit, you know, like I still got a lot of decades left. I got to take care of my body and make sure it doesn't break down more. So I started really just road mapping it um, in, in everything that I want to, to maintain, you know, regarding my body and the things supplementation can help with. Um, but then, you know, as we, we've talked about before in person, I recognize, like, I can't be an expert on everything, right? You know, so even though I want to solve these problems, I don't trust myself to unilaterally make the decision that this is the best way to solve the problem. And that's why we put together the scientific advisory board with various, you know, MDs, PhDs, dietitians with different specialties. And we made the rule that multiple of us have to work on every single project and product does not get launched until everyone working on it unanimously agrees that it's the right final formulation, you know, and, and that's how we get to okay, this is the best evidence for being safe and effective to do what we want to do so that all the ingredients are working in different ways to support each other and we're confident that it's going to have true, true, you know, and impactful effects on people. And then we figure out how we can make money off of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's really good, really good. So from the true longevity line, you have uh, Prime, which is... Uh something that I use on a regular basis uh, every time I train. Um, one of the things that I uh, touch on um, loosely is that it's uh, geared towards um, more mature men. I don't go into too much science about it because I know there's there's so much to talk about. Um, but how but would you... Which is, which is so funny, mature men. I, I'd say men over 30. 
over 30. 30 and above, <laughs> you know, but which, you know, is now like, you know, basically men, men in their, their prime, you know, uh, right. but uh, I was a geared and uh, it's, it's interesting that uh, the culture in, in sports supplements and, and, you know, bodybuilding supplements has always been geared to men like 18 to 25 type idea. And what you see in the advertisements and and the the messaging and everything has been geared to men eighteen to twenty five and um, and guys when they start getting older don't want to, to maybe acknowledge that they're no longer in that eighteen to twenty five zone, which we should because you know as we get older we have so much more experience and knowledge. Like I am are now at 38 than I was when I was 25 mm-hmm. in almost every important facet of who I am as a person we should be embracing it but also understanding that that the physiological needs of a man at, at 30 is different than a man at 18 right that our bodies work differently to break down and build muscle right and recover and everything like that so we we said about creating product that's designed for men 30 and beyond because 30 is really the tipping point where we 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 stop being naturally anabolic and start being catabolic which means that that you know anabolism is muscle growth catabolism is muscle breakdown so throughout our you know teens and 20s we naturally want to put on muscle and we put on muscle at a faster rate than we break it down well, at about age 30, we have to work harder and harder to put on muscle. So the average man loses about 1% of their muscle mass every year, age 30 and beyond. That means to continue putting on muscle after 30, you have to work harder and yeah. harder and harder. Is that you know, due you to the to... testosterone itself? Or is there some kind of other factor like just atrophy of the muscle? What's the reason? Yeah, there. there there's multiple factors that that go on with this and, and uh, you know um, testosterone is a big one but uh, we become less efficient as well at building muscle um, it's another reason too why protein requirements change as we age right um you know a, a 20 year old might only need 20 25 grams of protein you know to start building muscle mass but a 40 year old will need 40 right because all that protein is just going into their organs, like none's hitting their muscles. So a, a lot changes as we age, we become less efficient, our bodies are breaking down. Um, that is taking us longer to recover, you know? Um, so, so all of this just culminates in it being harder and harder and harder for us, not just maintain, but, but grow and become better the older we're getting. So we need smart solutions to help ourselves achieve that. Because I don't think anyone listening to this podcast is is going to be the type of person that just wants to give up at age 30 and beyond and, you know, sit on the couch and do nothing. I mean, I know I'm not, uh, I'm nowhere near your peak physical condition, but, uh, you know, I, I work out five, six times a week. I I've already had a couple surgeries. I have arthritis in 11 joints and I'm waiting for three more surgeries, but you just, you have to find a way. 
right? You need to stay active. You need to build your muscle mass. Our, our muscle is our armor that carries us through as we age, right? Like if you have muscle mass, if you slip and fall at 70, you're not going to break a hip and die. You know, if you're frail, you are. Mm. And it's just, comes down to that but um so you the, the ingredients which is in uh prime you've got uh, something called test tesnor yeah so tesnor is a, a a cool one um it's just a a, a natural ingredient um with, with a couple in, like uh, a couple components but they've got two big clinical trials mm-hmm. you know a hundred people involved so it's just extracts. It's theobromine and, and pomegranate peel extract, but uh, it, it's it's shown to across two clinical trials increase you know total testosterone of men across all ages. So not just older men, but young men as well. And it also improved things like sexual behavior, mental health, and muscle mass. And I want to say grip strength too, but um, it, it's it's been a minute since I, I read those clinical trials. So right. they were they were impressive and, and um it, it was uh one of uh one of the only ingredients that we found that actually only had good evidence for right. for increasing testosterone um a lot of the the ingredients that we were researching that uh, looked at, at like naturally increasing testosterone had as much conflicting evidence saying that it would actually decrease testosterone as it had increased testosterone right right you know things like fenugreek for instance you know there's a lot of research showing that it actually will lower testosterone and so maybe it has an effect on testosterone we don't know if that's going to be good or bad depending on the person but yeah we we went deep deep into everything that has suggested that it can raise testosterone and you know, we, we, we added uh, ingredients to, to support testosterone too, like zinc and boron. And what's important to know about this is extra zinc and extra boron aren't going to make you make more testosterone. And th- this actually is one of the, the things that uh, is bothersome about um, the supplement industry. They'll take a study where, where say, men are given 10 times a, the recommended daily dose of boron for a week and it raises their testosterone. Well, they've taken men that that have boron deficiencies and do that. So they're front loading it up in their, their body, which is helping restart their, their testosterone because you know we, we, we need that mineral for it. But that doesn't mean taking that 10 times dose every day forever is going to be good for you. In fact, it can have issues like boron, for instance, if you go too high in it, it comes with all sorts of reproductive issues, especially for men. Right. Right. So what's the main benefit of boron? You've got boron citrate in there, isn't it? Yeah. I I mean, the the reason we we put it in there is, uh, you know, it's needed to support testosterone production, but really it's, if you're deficient, your testosterone production lowers. So, and that's one of the things about a lot of vitamins and minerals is deficiency is a problem, but if you put too much in, right? If you have too much, it can actually cause similar or different problems than, than being deficient. So we, we, we tried to find 
what the good support numbers were, mm-hmm. you know, for, for, you know, the zinc and the boron, um, you know, but, but uh, the, the, this, this formulation is so much more than just testosterone, it, even to, to the, the powerhouse combo that that's in there. And uh, I'm excited about this because, you know, we're the, the first company in, in North America, you know, to, to utilize that this, you know, clinically validated and patent pending combo is a combo of guanadino acetic acid or GAA and creatine. Yeah. And uh, for those unfamiliar with uh, GAA, GAA is uh, actually a a precursor to creatine. It will form creatine inside the body. It's natural inside our body. And we have used it for decades for livestock. And we know what works better to put on mass and livestock, you know, than just taking protein monohydrate. Um, there's been one key reason that that we haven't used GAA in humans, right? And, and that's because GAA can can cause a slight rise in homocysteine, right? Now we we have easily counteracted this and more because. Two reasons. One, creatine itself lowers homocysteine, not quite as much as GA raises it, but then we also added uh, trimethylglycine, and TMG, or betaine, lowers homocysteine more than GA raises it. So we have two ingredients that, that have a, a very strong... Can you talk attraction. about that, the homocysteine? What is that exactly? Uh, it's just, you know, something in the body that, that leads to like heart issues, Right, um, mm-hmm. to uh, a product. Uh, I'm not great on the biochemistry here, but I uh, know it, it's not good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it's again something like everything in our body. Nothing in our body is is truly good or bad. It, it's all needed at certain levels. You know, we talk about things like you know, think of inflammation or oxidative stress is bad, but we need both of them. Right, it's just when they're out of control. Um. So we we kind of worked with our you know SAD here and uh, found this formulation that that uh, not only will will lower homocysteine rather than raise it, but say adding the betaine um, has other impacts like you know TMG betaine has shown to to um, pretty strongly improve the body composition you know lean body mass and reduce fat content mm-hmm. right you know in people so. That that's great, and uh, with the GAA, GAA has some uh, very clear benefits over creatine alone. Um, first, it has four pathways to enter the cell, opposed to creatine's one. Um, second, it, it can pass the blood-brain barrier, which creatine has an issue doing. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of uh, brain-related trials that, that were going on, you know, in the 90s and early 2000s regarding creatine. We had high hopes because there's a lot of issues that that happen due to, to low creatine levels in the brain. And even super dosing creatine, like 20 grams a day, wasn't sufficiently raising levels in the brain. Well, GAA gets into the brain and raises creatine levels far better than creatine alone. So that, that could end up being pretty profound. Uh, but also, GAA, the combo of GA and creatine, or GA alone, has shown to, to raise levels of creatine even, even in muscle mass. 
better than creatine alone. So we're getting more into our muscles. We're getting a lot more into our brain. Um, creatine, as uh, anyone taking it knows, uh, it increases like bloating, uh, water weight, which is awful for anyone who's in any weight controlled sport condition. Right. Uh, GA has actually shown not to do that. So that, that's been interesting in the research that, that uh, GAA or the combo of creatine and GAA leads to the strength gains and the increased, you know, um, creatine in, in, in the cells, but not to water weight gain. So why is it no one really talks about it? I mean, GAA sounds like the ultimate ingredient to have in any kind of um, supplement who where people want to increase strength. Um muscle mass, um, anabolism, um, and it's so much better than creatine alone. How long has this uh, sort of research been about? You said it. What, there's been more yeah, studies in animals, you say, as opposed to humans. Yeah, we, we, we've been using it for decades right. in animals, but it hasn't really been used in humans because of the, the slight raise in homocysteine. Right, right. But that can easily be be amended by one just combining it with creatine but then two adding something like trimethylglycine which aggressively lowers homocysteine so right. that, that's easily solved uh, but the big issues is, is it's a lot more expensive than creatine okay mm-hmm. um and you get back to like the profit and the margins and the creatine industry is so established already with, with low price points so most companies don't want to take a risk on that, even if something is better, mm-hmm. right? And, and, and like very much better, right? Not just a little bit better, like in a many ways better. Uh, they just still don't want to take a risk on it. Um, but also with research in humans, combining creatine and GAA is relatively new. I think it only started in like 2018 or 2019. So it, the research is only sort of pumping out over the longest handful of years. And industry usually takes a while to let the research build up before one or two pioneers take a risk and say okay we're going to try and make this work from a business standpoint and uh, we're that pioneer what is the safe measurement of gaa um like how many milligrams or grams of gaa can be um in a in a, a scoop um, to to be safe and considered okay to well, not yeah. raise the homocysteine. Well, it, it all depends on what you're getting to counteract the raise in homocysteine, right? right? So that, that's you know you you could we we have two grams in there and three grams of creatine, but we could have all five grams of GAA so long as we had enough methylglycine, you know, or B vitamins to lower that, mm-hmm. right? So it all comes down to to you're having a, a an effect in raising and you want to have, have a, a an equal or greater effect at lowering mm-hmm. right right so, so that's kind of what it comes down to and again that's that's where i i uh referred to our scientific advisory board which included you know um, people working on the biochemistry to make sure that we were going like overkill in that regard that you know for instance like uh you know we have three grams of betting Two grams of betaine would have been enough to counteract the two grams of GAA. We added three for a couple of reasons. We wanted to really make sure that the homocysteine would go lower right, than the rise. 
Um, but clinical evidence on betting is strongest at three grams a day. So we upped it to three for that, that reason as well. And then creatine also lowers homocysteine. So we're getting a double double whammy and we have more creatine and we have GA as well. So we, we uh, really went overboard making sure that was the case. That's good. That's good. And also you got um you got HMB in there, which is a very good anti-catabolic ingredient and helps to preserve muscle and that good stuff. Yeah. I mean HMB and I, I think we talked about HMB um mm. when we did podcasts before, but it's really a rock star for guys over 30, right? And one of the reasons HMB never got super popular is because it really will not help a guy in their 20s right or or late teens it's gonna not really do anything because what hmp does is it improves anabolism and you know slows down catabolism and a guy 18 to 25 doesn't need that mm-hmm. why are they going to pay you know for for what what's a more expensive ingredient in hmp over a creatine when they actually don't need that benefit and again, it's one of the shames of this industry that it's only marketed benefits to guys that are 18 to 25 who actually don't really need that much help. You know? It's a small window when you think about it, really. If you're only thinking about, I don't know, sports professionals in their extreme youth, that's a very small window. What about it? it, it is. You know, it's it's only up to 20 or something, you know, maybe even that. Or that's where they're really focused. But when you think about beyond 30, like how, how many years later are people going to be training for? There's there's a massive gap there, which has just been left out. And, and what do we see with so many people in society? How many guys in their 20s and girls in their 20s are super active in training and then just give up as soon as it gets hard? Yeah. Mm. You know, and maybe... You know, in their early 30s, they, they quit and start again a couple of times. Go get a bunch of supplements that aren't really designed for them, don't really help them out. And then they quit again because they're more sore. They're not seeing results, everything like that. Because a lot of people quit when, when the going gets tough, right? And I think, I mean, I want products that work better for me to make it easier for me because nobody wants things to be harder just to make them harder. I shouldn't say no one. Some people do. I don't mind working hard, but I prefer to work smarter. Yeah. Well, to know that you're going to be getting the results out of it without having to go over it and over and over and over again, just to get similar results. What you would have, if you'd trained smarter. It's been been worse. Right. And like, I, I remember this. I know what people go through. Like, uh, I remember the first time I, I tried to lose weight in, in my 30s, mm. you know, and I, I, I'd put on some weight. And in my 20s, um, I could drop 30 pounds in like a month of just doing like two a day training and eating clean and cutting out alcohol for a month. And I, I just drop all any weight I, I'd put on from an injury or being lazy. And uh, the first time that that I, I went to do that in my 30s, um, when I was dealing with like a lot of the injuries, you know, from from being out that I had, I realized I couldn't train twice a day, right? For one, 
right? Because my joints hurt too much and my muscles weren't recovering properly. Um, and then I was cutting my food down too, but doing the most that I was able to do, I think I lost three or four pounds in six weeks mm-hmm. rather than being used to being able to drop 20, 30 pounds in a month. And it really dawned on me because it's been like four years or something since I'd done that before. I'm like, man, this is hard. Like, and at the time, I'm like, this is not worth it. And I still had a delusion in my head thinking, well, medical science is going to save me. I'm going to get some operations on my joints. And I'm just not going to deal with this until after my body gets fixed. And then I'll do what I did before because that was easy. <laughs> right? And then yeah. I went down the rabbit hole. I got in worse and worse shape, you know, you know, for a couple of years there until I realized, okay, you know what? Like, the medical system is not going to save me, right? Like, even if I get these surgeries, I might be waiting 10 years because I'm not a priority for the health system. And I'm older, right? My muscles aren't what they used to be. And I can't just work out six hours a day mm-hmm. like I used to. Like, my body doesn't recover. And that's when I, I really realized, like, it has to change to be a lifestyle, right? And, and that's more and more true the older you get. It has to be your your habits and your lifestyle. And you have to do things right most of the time. Not, okay, I'm, I'm going to go hard for a few months and, you know, get ripped and be in great shape and then party for a couple months and be like, okay, I'll fix that all in a month. Like, it just doesn't work like that when you hit your 30s. And I think a lot of people go through that, you know, when something's been easy their whole life and all of a sudden it's hard you don't want to pursue the hard and i think the easier we make it for people by like designing good products like this the more people will stick with it mm-hmm. you know because if they don't feel as awful if they're gaining a bit of muscle if they're getting in better shape even if it's not as good as how they were when they were 23 years old right we're still giving them some reward to feel like I'm making progress Mm -hmm. because that's what it's all about making progress, being able to feel that progress. It's motivating. If you know that you're making progress, like, and uh, it's demoralizing if you're working really hard and you feel you're not moving anywhere, you think, well, well, what's the point? And I guess that's the reason people give up on it. So if there's supplementation, which can, take some of the stress off make things a bit more i guess kind of fill in some of the space where they might be losing out um that's definitely helpful like someone like myself who's you know coming up to mid 40s wow mid 40s um i have to think like recovery is so important to me so important when i was in my 20s i had no idea that was even a word like I didn't even know that word existed. Recovery. What are you talking about? It's speaking Japanese to me. And then I think when I got in my thirties, I I learned about something called a warm up. <laughs> I never needed to do that before. I was like, no. what's this thing called warm up? I think I I might need it. And then yeah. now in my forties, it's very important. And you know. 
minor injuries slowly creep in. I'm like, okay, cool. Like, how do I avoid that? How do I avoid infl inflammation? I had no idea in my 20s. Didn't These words were like, yeah, whatever. Oh, you, you, you power through things. Like in my 20s, you know, I was working out hard six times a week and my rest day was really like an active day you know, for most people, or even for me now, I'd go for like a hike and do wind sprints at the track. I just wouldn't do anything like super high intensity. It's like, you just, you can't do that anymore. You know, I'm, I'm 38 now. You just, you, you can't do that anymore. Like I can't work out twice a day, six days a week. And then as a rest day, go for a four hour hike and then do some like sprints at the track. That That's not a rest day. Yeah. that's an active day <laughs> yeah and and that's what's you know, have... to be popular now active rest days yeah you know yeah. I have a, that's a i don't know almost like a, a trending word you know yeah um, I, I mean i i think you should be active even on a rest day but like leisurely walk get your step count in you know yeah. do some like housework around the house like keep moving to keep your like resting that bullet rate high um, and, and these are all important things. And, and, you know, anyone listening, obviously there's no supplement in the world that is going to cure all your problems, mm -hmm. right? The best design supplements, like the ones that I make for me aren't magic, right? Th these will give you a little bit of an edge, but the foundational stuff you do every day, like your exercise, your, your sleep and recovery, the, the, the nutrition you put in your body, those are those are number one, you know, and, and anything else we're taking, so long as it, it's been well formulated and designed based on things that, that we know work clinically, is just going to help you out a little bit, give you that that little boost. Yeah. I think a lot of people do get caught up with the idea that supplements is the answer for everything. And I feel as though it's definitely important to start looking at understanding the different spectrums of nutrition that can work indi individually for yourself. Like learn about nutrition first before you start learning about supplementation, you know, oh, like, just that in. the only time I would say maybe you could jump straight to supplementation is if you are a like a, a sports professional, like you are training aggressively. It's like, you definitely need some supplementation. Food is not going to be enough. You need to have the right sorts of, I don't know, sports drinks whilst you're training, hopefully not heavy in sugar um, yeah. and sort of recovery stuff, things which is fast active. But people who are just out of shape, not even necessarily physically showing that they're out of shape, but just, out of shape with 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 everything like just just diet alone and um just not really um aligned with everything that they're eating and lifestyle you can't outdo that with supplementation you no know? you can't and i'd say even like a bigger problem like someone like me uh my problem is overindulgence after i've gotten in my fruits vegetables and protein you know, like getting a bowl of ice cream or a glass of wine or, you know, chocolate, stuff like that. Like I, I, uh, I overindulge after I've hit all of my nutritional goals. 
right. for the day. That, that that's my my issue. But so many you know people I know and say friends that'll you know be taking tons of supplements and they're like, yeah, I just I can't seem to put on muscle. Well, then I look at what they eat in the day. And I'm like, you know, brother, you you eat like fifty grams of protein today. Like no, nothing you're going to do is going to put on muscle like you want to if you're not hitting your protein goals. Mm, mm. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that. Um, so um, other than the, um, you know, performance in the gym, you've also got a supplement which focuses a bit more on on beauty. And I would say it's not just for women. <laughs> a lot of guys. It's not. Huh? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I take it every day, and and uh, you know, I mean, th- this is one that that was formulated by all the women on our scientific advisory board. They right. all, they all, they all jumped to it and were, were quite interested mm-hmm. in it. Well, it's something I wanted, right? But it was something a, a subject I didn't know a lot about, um, and and it was also subject that that i started getting interested in when i started seeing you know my own wrinkles forming and everything so I, i'd never really been interested in skin care until recently because i always had phenomenal skin but then when i started seeing a little like some wrinkles form everything like that i started thinking hard about it um and again there's a lot of foundational things that uh, you know really should should be done like even things like sunscreen and it's funny like uh things uh, a song sort of that probably went when we were both younger uh to the class of 99 you know and the first is like wear your sunscreen and it ends and wear your sunscreen and it goes on with like all this life advice but the big one is wear sunscreen right like the start and finish but i mean i i didn't start until you know i was 36 years old right mm-hmm. and, and it was the same thing uh um, with, with a lot of the, these ingredients, um, I started taking a lot of like internal beauty ingredients just just in the last couple of years when I started noticing the signs of aging. And uh, this is one area that I, I think a lot of women do better than men at, right? You know, and you see a lot of girls that start taking ingredients to, to combat like skin aging in their their even early twenties. And they're preventative with um you reckon in their early twenties. Yeah, early to mid twenties, yeah. You even see like you'll see like girls uh taking uh, uh internal beauty supplements starting in their like early to mid twenties, um starting to do things like Botox in their mid to late twenties to get preventative with it. Um men just have not seemed to find that important, right? Uh, for whatever reason but i don't think there's anyone who doesn't want to look better mm-hmm. right and, and i don't uh, know why a lot of men think it's unmanly to do things to make themselves look better <laughs> i think now it's um it's i think it's balanced out even when i was competing my first competition was more of a kind of um it was more of a it was it was a male beauty pageant basically and there was guys backstage who were younger than me my first competition i was 31 years old and there was guys that was younger than me um putting on foundation 
they were putting on makeup and I was like, this was so new to me. I was like, what's going on here? Like what's, what's with the makeup, bro. Um, until I found out that that was a thing, you know? Yeah. And over the years I have met many guys that are very much into just like male grooming. That's never been like my super strong point so much. I've just always just tried to make sure that my body's in shape. But I've seen guys with the very pencil thin eyebrows as well, like proper shaped eyebrows and focus quite heavily on skincare. And I'll be honest with you, women, I would say from, from what I've seen in the fitness industry, like if they are competing, they will focus a bit more on that. But I think a lot of people when they're younger, they're young. So it's like, they just kind of abuse their body because they're young. I want to party. I want to enjoy you, you myself. You never think it's going to end. You know, yeah, that, that's exactly. Exactly. You know, and that's that. That's a phrase. You know, I would say late twenties, early thirties, for women, um, they're like, all right, I need to sort my shit out, um, and I think they focus a bit more on beauty, and they'll spend a lot more on beauty products and think about the nutrition of even like makeup sometimes, you know, it's like, obviously they want to wear makeup and it's like, okay, is this going to age me? And what are the creams that is going to be good? Um, but I would say in their twenties, I, I don't know of many that would really care so much because, you know, they're already beautiful. They're already young. Um, but I, mean, I, I, I was surprised, but I've been seeing it a lot. Right. You know, and, and uh, you know, there, there's, uh, you know, Pros in their twenties and companies I work with, you know, work with the company, and they talk about it and they say, "Oh, all their friends do." Um, I would agree with you and say, girls my age, they didn't seem to really get into it until they were around thirty. But it seems the younger generation, maybe from better advertising or what, is more aware and interested in it at a younger age. Hmm. Okay. Right. Right. Let's get into the, um, let's get into the ingredients. So um, there was some stuff in there, which I wasn't really familiar with. I think I'd seen um, in other places, um, obviously collagen being a big one, which most people. Yeah. Know about. Um, yeah the collagen and the vitamin C and the hyaluronic acid that all kind of work together, you know, in there, most people are going to be aware of that. Um, this, yeah. this was one that, you know, kind of I was telling you about, when we went to formulate this, and I didn't really know anything about any of these ingredients, and uh, we had a, a, a list of about 10 branded ingredients that, that had clinical research on them. Um, and they got divided between various members of the scientific advisory board, and they did deep dives in the science, and they compared the branded ingredients against each other and against generic forms, right, of the ingredients, because, uh, you know, um, other than some of them that are, say, like, uh, patented complex, uh, there's going to be a generic of the branded ingredient, and we need to see what the evidence on the generic is. And that's one thing, like, generics might work the same, but if there's no evidence that they do, you can't say they do. And you can't be sure they do, right? And we want to be sure that it works. 
first and foremost. Um, so, you know, our, our various members in the SAB, we're, we're putting all these ingredients head to head, but then also looking, you know, with like check marks, like, okay, this ingredient is better and it's cheaper than this one. Mm -hmm. Right. So we were trying to get past the marketing brochures, you know, from all these branded ingredients and really hammer out what works, what works synergistically with the base of what we're doing and the base of what we're doing, which is, you know, collagen, vitamin C and, and hyaluronic acid. But what will help this for the best value with the best evidence? Right. And we came to Lastriva and Elastiglow and, you know, Elastiglow is just like a fermented hydrolyzed elastin from the connective tissue of bonita fish. And they've got, uh, you know, some clinical research and a bunch of research on it showing, you know, that it's effective. Um, you know, it helps things like joint mobility, healthy ligaments, um, and helps women with like a healthy non-sagging bust. So that, that was a big one. Um, what about dudes? I'm sure we don't want a, a non-sagging bust as well. Yeah, I'm <laughs> sure we don't. <laughs> um, okay. And then there's Lestriva. Uh, so it, it's a, a, a complex that combines an acetal-stabilized virgin silicate with uh, magnesium bath. And, right? and I know that the biotin from it is like over 30 times as bioavailable as standard forms of biotin, but also the the highly bioavailable arginine is going to help with, with blood flow that'll deliver everything else in the formulation and other minerals that we're taking in and vitamins to to the tissue in our our bodies um and, and uh, research on the is showing that it's um basically it enhances hair growth increases nail growth and it improves skin elasticity and overall appearance so uh, it, it's a powerful ingredient that that we put in there to help amplify the other ingredients in the formulation. Amazing. That is really amazing. Um, that's, yeah, that's really good. I'll be honest with you. Um, because with Prime, that's more something that you have whilst you're training. You don't just drink it during the day, would you? You just drink it like pre-training or intra? You, you could, right? I mean, the... Uh... There's been so much debate over the last like, couple of decades of when to take creatine, but the systematic reviews seem to show it doesn't matter. Yeah, because right? again, to load. You know, a lot of these other ingredients too seem to need to load. Right. Right. In, in your system, you know, like HMB and the Tesnor, you don't just take it once and it works. It, it loads over time. Mm. So for for time, I've been taking it in the morning, every day. You know, first thing. Um, I actually get a lot of liquids in me, you know, first thing in the morning. Uh, it becomes hard because I get about a, a liter and a half of water in the first half an hour after I wake up between my hydrogen water with boost. And then I have my prime. I add uh, glycine in with my prime. So I'm getting a, a lot of a lot of stuff in me. And then I wait until that kind of settles and I have some protein. So you have prime in the morning. Would that be um, would that be regardless of training, or it's only when yeah? You're I, I take it every day. You take it every day. So with the the um, the um, the other one, I remember what it's called now. Is it called Radiant? Radiant, the beauty one. 
Um, I was taking that every day, um, possibly even <laughs> twice on some occasions, but I was having it every day, every day. Um, but prime, maybe not all the time, not all the time. So I know it's mentioned quite a lot about the whole loading with creating. Yeah. Um, is that essential? Should you be loading every day with it? Is there? Yeah, well, I, I mean, uh, loading is to, to get it up in, in you faster. But uh, you, you need to, to like, kind of saturate your system with creatine. Mm -hmm. So it, it's a kind of like a, a, a ride or die, take it every day. Right. That? Right. So, so our body produces maybe a small amount, maybe like, is it one? Is it a, a million? Yeah, we, 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 yeah we, we produce a small amount and then we, we get some from things like red meat, but again, it, it's not okay. enough to like, we don't, we can't get enough from our diet for full utilization. So mm -hmm. you can definitely take too much creatine and, and you don't use it, right? But, uh, Five grams a day seems to be the dosage that is universally regarded as this as a supplementation dose where we get the max usage out of it before it's just overkill. Is that um, that's to a, a certain body weight? Would could that be okay for a woman? Would a woman be slightly less? But then again, not all women are the same size and weight. You got some women that are forty five kilos and some which are sixty. You know? Yeah, that's an interesting, interesting question, and I, I know uh, how clinical research works. It, it's very rare that they'll do like milligrams per kilogram of what do you weight. Right. You know, in, in humans, they just give a, a standard dose. So that's an interesting one. I actually want to ask, uh, you know, Professor Osage, who's on your SAB and who who uh, is a uh, you know yeah. So have a look. Researcher. So uh, that's a curious one because. All the research basically agrees and uses five grams a day, but that seems to be for everyone mm. of, of all weights. So I'm curious if a bigger person needs needs more. And, and also, too, I would imagine if that is the case, it would be like not not just total weight, but like muscle mass. Yeah. Right. And yeah. Frame size. Right. Because I don't I don't think you need creatine in fat mass. Um, so, yeah, that's an interesting, <laughs> interesting yeah. question. Mm. Yeah, it's like you know, when they say 2,000 calories for a woman and 2,500 for a man, it's like, really? Like, <laughs> well, yeah, that, that, that's the thing, you know. Like, I, I follow like you know, the Aura Rings advice and guide, and um, based on my, my, my size and my activity, um, depending on the day, I'm anywhere from 3,000 calorie intake to 5,000 right you know, depending on if I'm sedentary or if I worked out twice and then also you know, for a walk and did a bunch of chores you know some days it says I've burned 5,000 even more calories in the day and some days I'm down right right over 3,000 but never is it 2,500 you mm -hmm. know but I'm a bigger guy. You're bigger than me. You probably need more. I know in my twenties, when I was training like a madman, I was eating six to 8,000 calories a day. And I was, you know, 175 pounds. Right. 
Let me ask. Um, so, you know, with someone who's doing like aggressive training and training hard, I know we're going to talking about the performance and the longevity. I just wanted to know with the hydrogen, is that okay to have as, um, as a recovery drink? Uh, it's better before. Uh, better before. Yeah. Better before okay. exercise. Um, it's one of the interesting things, uh, and I talked to a lot of the, the hydrogen researchers about this. So much research on hydrogen uses it for uh, like recovery after a traumatic event, which it does help, right? But how hydrogen works, it's better to have in your system for the trauma. When exercise is, is stress, a trauma. Mm-hmm. So yes, hydrogen would help as a recovery drink, but it would work better to take before the stressful event so right. you know it, it's it's one of those interesting ones uh, you can't like pre-plan like traumatic events like a heart attack but if you say drank hydrogen water and, and I, I don't want to definitively say this would work by any means but right. there's a lot of resources on hydrogen say like you know, to the heart and rodents and animals um it, it's better to preload than than after the fact mm-hmm. right but sometimes we can only react after something happens but certainly with exercise we can react before because we know when we're going to work out so yeah take it before exercise okay okay um so i know that um you know for training we're supposed to be going through um you know the stress and the micro tears in the muscle um and you know it's it's said that after a training session you shouldn't have like a go into a cold plunge for instance you know you want to give it some time like maybe about an hour later or something like that so what's your thoughts like with hydrogen perhaps affecting the um the 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 muscles itself because it's the the acute inflammation is supposed to be good it's it's great i I mean a great question and this is one of my favorite things about hydrogen and exercise and hydrogen in general because i talk a lot like inflammation isn't bad oxygen stress isn't bad it's it's when they're they're chronically elevated or 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 too low that that's that's the issue we want things within homeostasis and and, you know inflammatory molecules you know oxidative stressors these both play important roles in signaling right so the 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 knowledge we have is that taking anti-inflammatories and antioxidants in conjunction you know with with, with, um, exercise blunts the hypertrophy gains Mm -hmm. right because you're not getting the release of those molecules the evidence we have in hydrogen is actually the opposite it is really cool um when say you give rats four swim tests right with or without hydrogen and uh hydrogen group will actually have a higher acute spike in inflammation and oxidative stress than the non-hydrogen group but then recover to homeostasis faster so it's as if they exercised harder and recovered quicker so it's not blunting the 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 acute spike in inflammation, but which you know, say like uh, when uh, muscles will excrete something called interleukin six, which is one of the most damaging cytokines to our body when it's elevated. But when we do it in exercise, it, it's myokine role, and, and it's an acute spike, but within a range that actually triggers a stronger 
chronic anti-inflammatory response. Mm -hmm. So our, our chronic inflammation will go down from exercise, not go up. Um, and, and hydrogen will actually has shown in the rodent research to to improve that effect. So we're getting the stronger pulse, you know, of the inflammation and oxidative stress while we're training for stronger effects on signaling. But then it's returning back down to like harmony, homeostatic function faster. That's fascinating. It's almost like it under understands the situation and is looking to um yeah as you put it homeostasis kind of um well it, it's like one of those things we're, we're just realizing like since the last time we've had a podcast that we're learning in the last little while it is uh the pieces are all coming together and how important hydrogen must have been for us through evolution with all these you know, uh, positive impacts on cell signaling has. Um, and then we look at, at you know, we, we know that, say, there's the, the hydrogen theory of the mitochondria, that our mitochondria evolved from a hydrogen-dependent organelle, and the, the first mitochondria or eukaryotes that evolved into our mitochondria were expelling H2 gas. And now we know that our microbiome has this intimate relationship with hydrogen. We've known for a long time anyways and that a lot of the bacteria is consuming hydrogen gas and a lot of it's producing hydrogen gas. But the, the big things we're, 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 we're starting to piece together in, in uh, the hydrogen research community is one, the deficiency in, in endogenous hydrogen that we're experiencing. Because throughout human evolution, we would have been expected to eat like 100 grams of fiber a day. Right. Like, you know, and that's how we produce hydrogen gas is breaking down non-nutritive carbohydrates like fibers. Well, the average person on a Western diet is now eating about 15 grams of fiber a day. So getting one seventh the, the potential spike in, in H2 that they used to. Um, what's worse is that research is showing that because of disruptions in the microbiome, up to like 60 to 80 percent of people by the time they're in their middle age and overweight, they're no longer producing any hydrogen when they're given breath tests for H2 after consuming non-nutritive carbohydrates, they're producing methane instead. <laughs> so they're, they're basically disrupting you know, their microbiome. So the little hydrogen they might've been getting from the little bit of fiber they're eating, they're not getting it all anymore. So they're just completely deficient in hydrogen gas. And that's probably why we're seeing about only about an 80% response rate in hydrogen research is maybe 20% of people still have a super healthy microbiome and eat a ton of fiber. So hydrogen isn't really helping them unless maybe it's an acute event that right. they really need a big spike of hydrogen, but it's not really helping them on their day-to-day -day life because they're already healthy, right? And that's one of the things we see with hydrogen. It, it really promotes healthy function of everything. So if every marker in your system is already in the healthy range, Hydrogen's not going to do much for you. Just take it if, like, say, you indulged in, you know, had some drinks the night before, right, and got a bad sleep or you jet lagged because you flew across the world. Like, hydrogen will help you in those events if you're in perfect health. It might not help you to take every day. For the vast majority of people, they have issues. You know, they eat poorly every day, right? They don't exercise enough. When they do exercise, maybe they overdo it because 
they, they aren't used to training. So hydrogen really helped people like that day to day. Right. So would you say that, well, it would work best for those that are not really balanced and, and in equilibrium than for those who are in perfect health? I mean, no one's really perfect, but let's say, yeah. you know, training on a regular basis, get good sleep, eat whole foods, keeps their stress levels low. Um, yeah, like, like I said, with those, with those people, there's so much less to correct. Right. Because right? they're doing everything right already. So if someone, uh, you know, say like yourself, right, you probably don't need hydrogen every day, right? For you, I take hydrogen uh, the days that you know that you're going to go extra hard at the gym. Right. right that you know maybe not even on a light train day you don't need hydrogen but uh, like a heavy weight hard train day take hydrogen if you're flying take hydrogen right say you're at an event and you know I, I know you don't drink but say like you're just up all night talking to people and get a terrible sleep take hydrogen because that'll help with your you know uh, brain metabolism energy homeostasis the next day and your recovery sleep after that um, that's new research we have coming out. So I pick and choose when you take hydrogen, right? To amplify your recovery from acute stressors. Right. 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 But other people may need to chronically take it for months and months to, to see results because they're not doing things right day to day. They're they're picking bad meals, they're they're staying up late watching TV and not sleeping properly every day. Could I not take it like every day before training? If I know I'm going to have an aggressive training session, would it help to assist me with? Yeah, if you're going to, 100%, if you're going to train aggressively, 100% do it. Um, I was just saying like, say for a guy like you that's in great health, um, because even with me and I have a lot of issues, right? Like with all my joints and everything, and my, my body seizes up when I stop hydrogen. I've noticed my body seizes up anyways even if i'm taking it every day if i have the exact same routine for say six months straight right and uh, there seems to be a habituating effect with hd right that our body gets used to it and it no longer works the same mm -hmm. so every three to six months uh, i'll plan a washout mm -hmm. on hydrogen and i won't take it for a week right and i let my joint seize my back seize up i feel like crap right um, but I do that preventively so that it doesn't stop working, right? And I let everything go wrong, and then I start hydrogen again on a different protocol. So if I was taking it first thing in the morning, maybe now I take it mid-afternoon after I exercise. Even though that's not what I'd recommend to most people, I do it just to keep my body guessing so that it keeps working properly. Because hydrogen works as an acute stress just like exercise, but it also potentiates and protects against other acute stresses. So it's a very interesting you know, gash, you know, like gash molecule, signaling molecule. Um, but for you, there's going to be days that uh, you don't train super hard, right? right. Maybe on, on your recovery day or maybe you're just doing a light train. Uh, and, and I don't think you have like any serious like joint issues or anything that you need to, you know, subdue. So I'd use those as your washout days. Right. So maybe, right. you know, couple days a week you know two three days a week where you're not going crazy hard and don't have us 
skip the hydrogen that day, and then you won't ever have to do a washout, which is probably why you haven't had to do a washout, you know, yet. Right. But for yeah. me, like I, I take five, six tablets a day every day. Okay. Right? Right. So, right. You know, like my, my dose is way higher, but again, like I said, I've got arthritis in 11 joints. You know, I've already had a couple of surgeries. I'm waiting for three more, whatever those are. PEMF, post-electromagnetic field therapy. That's supposed to be good for arthro- um, rheumatoid arthritis. And, um, well, I've got osteo. So like with my shoulder, there's nothing left, right? Mm-hmm. I've got multiple labral tears. Um, it's bone on bone. Well, mm-hmm. there's like, no, it's not just like an inflammation issue. Yeah. It's a structural issue that, that's where my arm goes to right it's just you know just grinding like if you think of like say this is like your 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 shoulder socket labral tears is like you know like it's mangled like this and now i don't have any cartilage you know with lubrication here it's just jagged bone so it's grinding and getting sounds hot painful. when you, you move it um so that that's that's that, and you know there there's other things too. Like in my left hip, I've got arthritis, but I also have like some labral tears, and you know those don't get fixed with anything but surgery. Right, got you. Um, wow. So is that hereditary, or is that due to uh, neglect, or just like an extreme sports lifestyle, or common? Well, yeah, I, I I've participated in contact and combat sports my whole life right i trained like a madman you know throughout my 20s um and also to you uh i think you know part of it is genetic because i have a lot of fast twitch muscles and i'm very explosive but i have very small like so like things like my wrists and hands and feet and everything are quite small for my size or uh, yeah. So I, I think probably all my joints um, were both overused mm-hmm. and undersized for the power I was generating. Right. Got you. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about, you've got two, uh, rejuvenations i've noticed you've got a sports one and you're regular so rejuvenation yeah. guys is the hydrogen water but it's been named named rejuvenation so what's the yeah. sports one what's the difference uh, the only difference between the sports and the regular is the regular is unflavored the sport has raspberry but the sport uh, we get informed sport certified so it's tested against all you know any banned substances for athletes okay. so if you're an amateur athlete or a professional athlete that, that gets tested then the rejuvenation sport comes with the certification and a lot of leagues guarantee that um you won't get like banned from your sport if you you submit your supplement that that's certified and if it fails then they say you did everything you can mm-hmm. right? like for instance you know the ufc says that that if your contamination came from a certified product, then you're not going to face any consequences because you, know, you did the best you could as an athlete right, to keep things out of your body. So we, we have a lot of, uh, you know, athletes that, that use hydrogen tablets. So we have the line 
you know, the, the sport that has it certified for sport. Um, and, and we kind of separated that because the certifications are really expensive. Right. right? Like, you know, they have to get tested every single month randomly, you know, from every lot of the goods. So it really racks up the price. So we have, yeah, the separate separate side that uh, is, is all certified for sport. So so the 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 flavorless one is also suitable and but it just doesn't have the certification yeah i mean they're made the exact same way it's not like they're made in a different facility that yeah. that has contaminants on board like they're literally made on the exact same line mm. right the only real difference is one the sport one is raspberry flavored and the the you know unflavored one is not sport certified um so the flavor is different and on the sport one we just pay for the extra testing okay fair enough right so they're, they're made on the exact same line they're bottled on the same line everything is done exactly the same it's just uh athletes that get tested are very aware and they need that certification oh, okay right? because, yeah like they, they need that certification because if they get busted their life is over yeah right like say you're a college athlete. A case of the test though you know like wouldn't well, it just be a case of the test i mean what is the certification proof it's like i don't well, know that there, there's, that there's no banned substance so there's no banned substance yeah that there's no banned substances in there like uh in the especially in america in the sports supplement industry it's one of the dirty secrets that a lot of brands will purposefully add you know various anabolic steroids or or SARMs into their batches for the first few batches so that they work better right right and then guys are like oh this product is awesome look at the size i put on and then they they remove the banned substances before they get caught i, I mean there, there's one high profile case uh that's now led to one of the biggest companies in the industry. And I, I don't want to name them because I don't want to get sued, but hmm. uh, you know, the owner of one company literally went to jail. A kid died from like liver failure, you know, from steroids and, and the products that people were unknowingly taking. Um, but the guy had siphoned off all the money he made into a separate corporation. And now that's like a hundred million dollar a year company that you see everyone in the industry wearing the shirts of and everything and it was all funded by his last company that was putting you know uh, illegal you know steroids into their pre-workout supplements that's right okay so uh, that, that's you know the unfortunate parts of our industry kind of reminds me of uh coca-cola when it first came out when yeah. they cocaine cocaine yeah. <laughs> got everyone all addicted on it <laughs> yeah. this coke is nice yeah. um you've got a you've got a supplement called build pro uh yeah so, so build pro it, it's build pro has a lot of the same things uh actually everything in build pro is in prime and then there's more in time right but we we dosed build pro a bit different and we didn't put say like the testosterone ingredients in there because build pro is designed for for those competitive athletes who are still in the 18 to 30 range 
like age range, like that are still kind of like 18 to 30 years old that don't need the extra ingredients. So it's a lower price point than the prime, right? Because they don't need some of the stuff that are in prime and it's certified for sport. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, I wanted to ask about the NAD supplement. Do you still do that? NAD plus? Yeah. So um, we, we, we were distributing that and I think we still are uh, for Quicksilver. But uh, we, we have another one that, that has, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, that increases NAD plus also now. Uh, we reformulated our Ageless Defense, which is one of my favorite. Wow. Oh, nice. And our new formulation of Ageless Defense has 300 milligrams of nicotinamide riboside in it to raise NAD plus. So actually, uh, we did a clinical trial on our Ageless Defense about a year ago. Um, and I think it published last October, maybe. Um, and it showed just in 28 days improvements in like cholesterol right in like middle-aged overweight people so that was pretty fast and it uh, affected you know free insulin levels also in this population so there was some good and interesting results and uh, we wanted to make it better so we added the nicotinamide riboside for nad plus um and uh, this ingredient called certmax which is this patented ingredient uh, search one activator that is shown to actually inhibit you know glycation in human clinical research and Asia's defense, uh, we designed that for one of the main drivers of aging, which is glycation, right? And uh, glycation is one of two reasons why we get wrinkles, you know, UV radiation and glycation. Like glycation will start breaking down our collagen, right? And, and they'll form wrinkles, but uh, it also leads to say degenerative issues it, it's uh, is a leading cause of like arterial wall stiffening and it's a leading cause of sarcopenia of you know weakening of, of the muscle fibers um so if we think of basically our, our tissues and our, our body um there's like a brand new set of sheets right they're strong they're malleable you can fold them unfold them and, and no wrinkles form, right? They don't tear, everything like that. But as we accumulate glycation in our body, it, it's like a starched out set of sheets. And especially the older people listening, but uh, I think probably most people will know that when you get these older sets of sheets that have been starched out, like repeatedly, you can't get the wrinkles out. No matter how you fold them, they're just full of wrinkles. Uh, mm. and they rip and tear really easily and that's what happens in our body we we accumulate the, these crosslinks these sugar crosslinks that start weakening the integrity of everything and we can't get away from it you know because people think oh just don't consume sugar well even if you you say eat meat but you cook it that browning it, it's the mylar reaction and you're consuming crosslinks by eating meat so you're consuming it that way um you, you have blood sugar in your your body at all times because you know we have to have sugar in our blood that that creates goslings and we breathe it in from pollution and smoke in the air mm. so when we breathe it in they they settle in our body too so so glycation is one of those things that you absolutely cannot avoid there is no lifestyle that that you 
can do to avoid glycation completely. And after decades of pharmaceutical research, we don't have a single candidate for breaking the strongest FOS links, even in a Petri dish, let alone in the human body, hmm. right? All we can do is stop them from forming, yeah. right? And, and uh, you know, Aegis Defense is the second product we ever put out after the hydrogen tablets. And we spent, I, I can't remember, I think it was 16 months just researching all the, the natural ingredients that have shown the strongest effects against, you know, detecting against glycation and stopping them from forming. Because it's pretty easy to stop crosslinks from forming, right? Not 100%, but to slow down their formation. But we can't get rid of them once they're in our body. Okay. So right. that's when the younger you start, the better. Mm. That's interesting stuff, man. It's good to know, isn't it? It's good to know. Um, so that's ageless defense. And you said that's the new formula. Is Has the formula been updated on the website? Because um, you said it has, um, um, what, NAD? Yeah, so nicotine, nicotine and my driverside. Yeah, so there's uh, riboside and then there's a denucleotide, isn't there? Uh, yeah, mononucleotide. Yeah, there's also and, and nicotinamide mononucleotide. Right. Um, actually, uh, we switched. We were going to add NMN and we switched to NR because okay. as we were formulating um, the updated formula, the FDA declared NMN um, a, a, a drug and illegal for use in, in supplements. So some companies are ignoring it, but I think Amazon is starting to take down NMN supplements now, and uh, the FDA could be acting because a uh, you know pharmaceutical company petitioned the FDA saying we're exploring this as a drug. You know you can't th this can't be used in a supplement. The FDA agreed, you know, issued that it was illegal, uh, and that happens actually frequently with, with ingredients that that didn't go the proper legal route right. in the USA. That the pharmaceutical industry torpedoes them. Mm -hmm. um, but regardless, NR actually has more research on it than NMN. Hmm, that's interesting. I mean, there's there's still many companies. There's one brand which I've been using recently, um, which have an NAD. I think they call it NAD three. That seems to be circulating quite a lot recently. I mean, I didn't look deep into NAD three. As far as I'm aware, it's it's an NAD. I was planning to interview them as well, but um, what's what's your understanding of um, NAD and NAD three? Do you know the difference? Oh, I, I don't know the difference. I don't know what NAD three is. Is that just what they're calling it? Well, that's what a few people are calling it now. NAD three. Hmm. Yeah. I'm looking. It seems yeah. very popular. People are not, they're like, oh, yeah, it's not NAD, it's NAD3. Like, oh, okay. So it's supposed to be like another, I don't know, anti-aging cell I mean, juvenator. Yeah, I'm looking at one brand saying they're selling NAD3. I don't know if that's who you're talking to, but uh, it looks like. The NAD three is is a uh, they say patent pending formula 
but um, it's just a, a, a trademark proprietary blend of a few other ingredients. Right. Proprietary, right? Yeah. So it's it's it, the company I see marketing it. Um, it's not a single ingredient. Okay. It's multiple ingredients they put together in that proprietary blend. Mm. So the company which um, which does it, oh, there's probably many, but this one is called Biostack Labs. Biostack Labs. And is it, there's a few people like, you know, renowned biohackers that speak quite... Um, um, yeah, no, I, I, know, I know that company. Like, so, yeah. Uh, his cousin, right? Who's Catherine's cousin? I'm sorry? Said so, yeah, I know that that company, that brand. I think that's uh, Chris Gethin's cousin, right? Well, I, I don't know in terms of family, but yeah, Chris Gethin definitely represents them. Um, yeah. As a renowned podcaster as well, um, Luke, 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 Luke Story. Don't know if you know Luke Story. Yeah. Um, yeah, he talks about it as well, and yeah, a few other people. A couple. Yeah, of I, I mean. Maybe there's rationale. I, I see some registered clinical trials for that blend. My guess is it's a, a branded ingredient that they've taken a few ingredients and they have a, a you know, maybe a, a rationale on why those ingredients work well together to raise NAD. Um, I'd have to look at their research to see what it is. Um, I know. Have a look in it, you know, see what yeah, it's doing and... Um... You might think, oh, do you know what? We can take a bit of that idea. That might work. I yeah, I, I mean, and that's so much, you know, so much of that goes on uh, in research and industry. is, is uh, It's one of the, the common misunderstandings of, of science with the average person is they think it's one genius that comes with like one big breakthrough. But that's not really how science works. It's, you know, 100,000 people all making small little discoveries that that work together yeah yeah that's cool you know we, we're gradually getting there gradually getting there so um it's uh independence day at the moment have you guys got any uh special offers on for independence day at all or yeah yeah i there's 30 percent off right now site-wide site-wide 30 percent off and yeah. uh, how long is that for I want to say till the fifth. Right. Um, I'm not really involved in the marketing team. Okay. <laughs> and what they do, I just know that they've got that sale. Right, right. Um, so I'm looking to, yeah, I was looking to post this on the, um, probably on the sixth. So yeah, probably be, <laughs> when will be the next sale? <laughs> uh, so, probably, uh, probably September, but, uh, uh, I might get in trouble for this, but uh, if you're posting this on the 6th, right, tell your listeners to email in support and say that we're honoring this sale on the 6th. All right. Okay. All right. That's cool. Well, I obviously have not asked permission to say that, but I'll take the lead. <laughs> what is the email address for that? Uh, support at drinkhatred.com. All right. Awesome. Awesome. Well, Alex, it's been absolutely incredible, man. It's been it's been incredible. Yeah. Learned. Likewise, always a fun talk. Yeah.
Absolutely. I love like all the research which you do to, you know, make sure that your products are efficacious, um, you know, safe, and just does what it says on, on the packaging, you know, and you continue to do more research and improve the formulation, even if it was already good, you know, whereas yeah, well, many people, they don't even do the basics. So well done for that, you know, looking out for us people who are trying our very best to be healthy and to biohack ourselves to be uh, better than average. So thank you. Thank you. Well, I'll take the thanks, but, you know, like I said earlier, I do everything for myself in mind. Mm. Like, do I want to take this, right? And, and just kind of my thoughts are, if I am this particular, and I really, really want to know if it's going to have this effect, I want this to work for me. That means that it can help some other people, right? And, and I think that's the important aspect. Is is I think everything that people do in this life is self motivated, right? <laughs> Even people who who are spending their life giving to others, they're doing that because it makes them feel good, right? So everything we do is self motivated. Now, the defining difference is some self-motivated actions help others and some hurt others, right? And, and I think my self-motivated actions can often have a benefit to other people and help others. Yeah, definitely does. I'm very happy I discovered Drink HRW, um, you know, just through looking into hydrogen water itself it first of all started off on um just looking into water the the other type the alkaline water as i was researching in that then i discovered hydrogen water and i was like oh this seems even better and then um came across drink hrw and here we are years later we thinking yeah. one of the best supplements i could ever have you know well i'm, I'm happy you found us very happy me too Alex, thanks again. Appreciate it, my friend. And no doubt we'll be talking again in the future. <laughs> Absolutely. Lovely. All right. Well, you have an incredible uh, day. It's evening for me. Yes. And um, we'll catch up real soon. Sounds good. Nice one. You take care. Thank you for listening to the Roger Snipe Show podcast. It is my goal to find incredible guests who have extraordinary stories or advice. Education is key. The more we learn, the more we can also teach. It's also about remaining curious and hungry for knowledge to progress. All sponsored ads and affiliations are from only reputable brands or companies which I have personally vetted and trust. Please take advantage of these codes and subscriptions to increase savings on all products. If you get a moment, I would greatly appreciate a review as this helps to increase visibility and allows me to share with more amazing people just like you. Be phenomenal and stay blessed.